guys, <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm barely breathing. No, I'm just kidding. Guys, I'm I'm doing really well. I can't believe I have spent an entire two weeks without recording a podcast. And so today's episode is going to be about work, life, balance, like trying to fit some social life in there somewhere um, because I thought this was very fitting because it is the exact reason that I haven't uploaded in two weeks is because sometimes life just gets a little freaking overbearing and I get it and I know you guys are like, Jenna, we don't care. Okay, we're counting on you for Tuesday content. You're letting us down and I'm sorry, okay? I'm here to apologize. So today's goal is to give some work-life balance tips. Um, Not that I'm a freaking wizard in this shit. Apparently, I haven't uploaded in two weeks. But I feel like this is a moment for me to kind of get my shit straight and help you get your shit straight. And that's what we're doing. So um, I think the first thing that's a game-changing piece of advice when it comes to, you know, the whole work-life balance, all of that, is managing your time. That, if you can handle and manage your time right from the get-go, I think the work-life balance is so much easier. Um, You know, basically getting your priorities straight. You know, I think if... We all took like a weekly calendar. We wrote down some of the big key points of things that we need to tackle in the week. Sometimes when you have a lot of responsibility, you have a lot of people um, counting on you, you have a lot of accountability on your shoulders, sometimes X, Y, and Z that you have to do really gets jumbled up badly and for me, you know, I have a bad habit if I take a lot of things on. Um, I have a lot of things that I want to do. I am like a go-getter and I have zero patience. So you can't be a go-getter and have no patience. (laughs) So I think it's important to write things down, um, really, really sort through your um, mental to-do list that you have scattered everywhere in your brain and, um, Really prioritize what needs done in the week. You know, what needs to be done maybe Monday, Tuesday. What can be sacrificed to be done maybe Wednesday, Thursday, you know, et cetera. That way you have the weekend to kind of um, give your brain a breather. That's important. So a little background of what I have going on lately is, um, you know, of course, I go to work. I have a 9 to 6. I have a 9.30 to 6 p.m. job. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm essentially leaving the house around 9 a.m. And I am getting to the gym after work at around 6.30. I work out until 7.30, sometimes 8. And I have to go home and potentially, if I'm out of meals for the next day, cook my meals, try to tidy up the house. Um, and if you guys didn't know... I am now working with your body shop LLC out of Cambridge, and I am working on clients with protocols, macros, programming. Um, so I have that as a responsibility too, because I have people counting on me. Um, so my day, you know, typically I finally am able to lay down maybe around 10:30. And 
I heard this actually on a TikTok where they said it's an actual um, thing. I don't know the terminology for it. That people that they spend all day, you know, between work, the gym, you know, um, a side job, whatever it may be, um, and not necessarily just downtime with themselves, they tend to stay up later because they don't want to sacrifice their me time to sleep. And I was like, that's really interesting because I do that sometimes where my body is like, Jenna, go like go to bed. And it's like, no, like I want to lay here and I want to watch TikToks and I want to have a moment to myself because I haven't had that all day long. Um, I also work in a call center. So with working in a call center, if you work in one, you know that you are dealing with people's problems all day long. And I know most of everyone's jobs are us dealing with other people's problems. So um, yes, I I could classify the gym as me time. Um, But sometimes there's a difference between gym me time and just genuinely sitting there and having a moment to your thoughts. You know, there's there's a big difference. So, um, you know, if you're someone like me, where most of your day is spent, you know, focusing on others, and that's not always a bad thing, but sometimes it can catch up to you because you start to focus a lot on other people's lives and not your own. Um, And with that happening, you know, focusing on others' lives and not your own, if you have a significant other, if you are married, you have children, et cetera, um, you will tend to kind of... um, Put them on the back burner and not on purpose. Obviously, they're your favorite people in your life. You don't want to do that. But sometimes um, you feel so swamped by life that you tend to put really important things on the back burner. You know, um, I remember when Nathan and I first moved in together. And um, that was probably the peak of my depression and anxiety. I felt very overwhelmed by life. I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I remember um, I ended up leaving a job because it was a very, very toxic job. Fortunately, I was able to do that. I had the funds to do that. Um, It was right in the heat of everything with COVID. And and thankfully, you know, seriously, I'm blessed that I did end up finding a job. It was around two months later, if that doesn't really go to show um, what COVID did to us in 2020 and still is doing to us here in 2021. And I remember the two months that I was home. I was the biggest piece of crap in the world. And um, I remember feeling like so overwhelmed, even though I didn't have anything hardly on my plate at all, um, that I ended up just to really keep myself afloat with my depression and my anxiety and, you know, kind of all my worries of my health complications that were really, really in the heat of their moment at that time. I, um, the dishes would pile up, the laundry would pile up. It was like looking at it overwhelmed me 20 times more. So whether it's being overwhelmed by a very, very busy schedule or being overwhelmed by depression and anxiety, both of those, I understand, trust me. And I still think setting a time aside to write down the things that you want to tackle. If I can say anything about people that have, you know, anxiety and depression, 
is that once I had a very clean house, it was like my anxiety got better. So I was avoiding the very thing that was going to be relieving me of some of that, that pain. So, um, write that shit down guys. Okay. Um, from, a, you know, from scale one to 10 of priority, get it done. I'm like, I, trust me, I, I'm not judging at all. I'm like the first person to like slip some shit under the rug and be like, it's fine. It's fine. I don't care. And, um, and then it ends up always coming back to bite you in the ass. So just thoroughly get shit done. Don't procrastinate because then if you procrastinate from one week into the next week, you have a whole new pile of stuff that you have to focus on and it becomes very, very, very overwhelming. Okay. So while it may be hard, okay, this is important. Have a social life. Trust me, I am the biggest you know, guilty person of this where, you know, my friends will want to do something, but I am so swamped by life sometimes that I'm like, I just, I don't think I can. I have so much on my mind that I need to get done. And, you know, I'll get it done. Like go have the social time with your friends. You know, when you reserve fun things for the weekends, you know, plan at least something enjoyable to do even during the week to break up the stagnant ass like just vibe of the week you know what I mean like your whole week is about go 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 take care of others you know do what you got to do at your job you know like if your friend's like hey do you want to go get some drinks after work do you want to go get some food like you just want to come and talk and vent go do it Seriously, you'll be able to head into like your work week with something to look forward to and to blow off some steam, you know, midweek. You know what I mean? So um, definitely, yeah, keep continuing to do fun things on the weekends, but try to find something even social to do during the week to kind of not make it feel like you have five days of straight just you're blacking out and you're doing everything everyone else needs you to do and blah, 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 blah. And then the weekends are like two days where you have to quickly shove everything into two days and get all of this done. And that's not fun. So um, really even prioritize your social life and social time with your friends. Okay, so this one is regarding the workplace. You know, whether you are in management or you work for a company that is very, very hands-on, or maybe you work for a company that has, um, you know, some extra supervision on your performance at your job, you know, all of which can be, you know, some added pressure on top of an already eventful and um, pressure, pressurized, is it even the right word, guys? I don't know. Life. You know what I'm saying? So you'll be pretty hard pressed to find a boss who will object too much to you working on your off hours um, unless they are required to by law, of course. But that same boss will be just as impressed if you can do the work in eight to 10 hours each day that you're there already. So make the most of the time you have in the office or at your place of work um, and leave the rest of it for the next day. Going home and stressing out about your job, girl, guys, you are not getting paid for that. You're not getting paid for the constant stress and thoughts that you have about your job. You're getting paid for the eight to 10 hours that you're there. So 
I understand also that other people work more than eight to 10 hours. I'm just making a general assumption. So if you start telling people, you know, hey, I need to leave at a certain time, you will be much more likely to leave at that time. That's not you being a shitty worker. That's just you not being um, a victim of being a doormat or a pushover. Um, which is very important. And, you know, what can happen is sometimes, you know, your manager or your boss will be, you know, like, yes, um, stay over, you know, work this extra hour, whatever, um, because they have expectations out of them just like they do out of us. And they don't realize in the moment that that does eventually catch up with their employees and can become quite exhausting. Um, So, If you say, I've got to be out of here on time tonight, if you need something, let me know by 3 p.m. And maybe your shift is over at 6 p.m., for example. You know, try this method one day and then another day and then a next. And then eventually, if they need something out of you, they're going to be way more likely to tell you by 3 p.m. rather than at the end of your shift. Because I know what it's like to be asked at the very end of your shift if you can stay after, if you can add on some extra work of things that you've already, you know, been doing for the day. And it's hard to say no. You don't want to say no. But, you know, giving them that window of time where they can certainly come to you with something extra that they need done, but no later than that time. That sets... um the tone of how you want to be treated at your job. Um, So, you know, just like anywhere else, a workplace, you should always, you know, stand up for yourself in this, in the sense of you have a life outside of your job. You have obligations outside of your job and it's not you, you know, once again, it's not you being mean. It is you setting a standard of that your time outside of your eight to 10 hours matters. Okay, and I would say this one to me personally is the most important of them all, and that is spending time with family and making time with family. There, there is a there is a difference between spending maybe shitty quality time with your family, and there's a difference between making time to have quality time with your family. You know, another thing is to remember. It takes a village sometimes. It takes a lot of lending hands to make shit happen. And don't be the person that shoes away someone's lending hand. There's no shame in that. Um, Sometimes, you know, if a family member wants to come over, you know, for example, my mom, when she comes over, she has a habit of she just likes to tidy up. She likes to dust off some things. She'll put the dishes away. And, you know, every time... She has done that in the past. I get upset about it because I'm like, okay, did I not do a good enough job? And second of all, you're here to visit. You're not here to clean my house. And, but she wants to do it because I think, you know, sometimes people from an outside perspective see that not necessarily that you're struggling or you're drowning in life, but I think they understand, especially when it's a mom or someone that has been around the block more times than you have been at your you know, stage in life. And they like to lend out that helping hand because they've been here. They know what it's like trying to juggle life and they love you. It's not because you're doing a bad job or it's not so they can hold it over your head. And if people are doing that in your life, punch them in the face. Okay. Don't do that. But just 
well, maybe punch him in the face. Take the lending hand, okay? Spend time with your family. I don't mean just sit there and keep staring at your watch and counting down the time and saying, okay, I was here for 30 minutes. It's not about freaking quantity with your family. It is about your quality time spent with them. Because the minute that you don't have your family anymore, all you're going to think about is how you really should have focused on the quality of time rather than the quantity. So these are one of, you know, some of these things that I've talked about already are things that you need to put on a list at the beginning of the week, you know, between, you know, making time for yourself at the end of the day or even midday, you know, having a social life midweek, not always cramming it into the weekend, you know, making quality time for your family, you know, and obviously you're going to be the judge of where all of those fit on the priority list, but I know what mine is. And, um, you know, when you're at work, focus on the work. And when you leave, the minute you clock out is the minute you need to turn your brain off from the job. And I know that's easier said than done. I have had a job in the past where I would literally like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, shit, did I do that? You know, did I lock this correctly? Did I, you know, stock this correctly? Blah, blah, blah. And it's very, very exhausting. And, you know, when your mind is constantly thinking about the next thing you have to do and the next thing that you have to do, you start to not even appreciate the moment and the now. And you don't get this now again. You just don't. You may have other moments in your life that are a lot like it, But the moment that you're in right now, that's it. Soak it up now or it's literally gone forever. So same thing goes with your family. And I really, really, really encourage you. And I'm guilty of this too. So do not think that I'm over here like preaching to the choir about shit that I don't do. But when something, you know, happens with your family or you are at a family function or just anything, Try to focus on not pulling out the Snapchat camera or try to not focus on, you know, just pulling out your camera in general to document it. Focus on just soaking it up in the moment right there, right now, because I promise you life is a lot more freaking beautiful seeing it with your own eyes in real time than rather than playing it back through a phone screen. You know, I forget who I was talking to, and I want to say it was my best friend, Ryan, that so many people at concerts, you know, they're finally at this concert, and this is someone that they've wanted to see for such a long time, and that, you know, they're starstruck, and it's they can't even believe that they're right in front of them, but they spend the entire show watching their favorite idol through a phone screen, you know? And it's like, why? So you can go watch it back later or send it to your friends, but that's great and all, but you can't even say that you got to watch it right live in that moment with your own eyes. You know, you had to look at it through a camera. So that's something that I really, really want to start focusing on. And I've been better about it. You know, my boyfriend, Nathan, will do these like cute, funny things. And it's like my first instinct sometimes to whip out my camera because it's something that I want to watch later or, you know, it'll put me in a good mood or I'll be glad that I have it. But sometimes it's equally just as special to soak in the moment in the moment. Okay, so this one is getting chores done. I know. I know it, okay, says me with freaking like 700 dishes piled up in my sink right now. Not really. It's not as bad as it has been, okay? Um, But 
when it comes to groceries or, you know, chores in general, I am going to challenge you to do your least favorite chore at the beginning of the week, okay? It feels entirely more manageable. It does. At the end of the week, when you are beat up from customers at work or just life in general, the last thing you want to do is your least favorite chore. And you know what you're not going to do? You're probably not going to do your least favorite chore. So make it a priority at the beginning of the week. And then that way you feel like you can manage the easier things in the later part of your week that maybe you you know, probably enjoy any type of chore, but chores that you feel like are a little bit more manageable. When it comes to the grocery store, make your grocery store run as efficient as possible. And I mean that by make a list. Okay. When I go to the grocery store now, I have a path that I take, like, and I do not go off that path. There's a certain aisle that I go down first and I make my way through every single aisle, like a little map that I will do every single week. And that's because I have a list. I have a game plan when I go in there. Um, You know, if you're really looking to, you know, clean up, you know, your lifestyle and your eating habits, Uh, Making a list is huge because when you go in there and you go down each aisle and you don't have a list to kind of pull you back in the minute that you're reaching for every unhealthy thing that you see, a more expensive thing that you see, um, you're you're more likely to grab a lot of shit that you don't need and a lot of shit that your body doesn't need um, rather than if you had a list, you're way more prone to stick to that list. Okay, so this is one I'm going to talk about for me and for you guys, um, don't be so afraid to unplug, you know, whether that's the TV or your phone. Um, don't be so afraid to cut ties with the outside world from time to time. You know, this allows us to recover from weekly stress. It gives us space for other thoughts and ideas to emerge. Um, you know, I think that's a huge reason why I felt so, you know, creatively stuck these last two weeks. I felt so uncreative. Is that even a word? Uncreative? Guys, I'm a mess. And it's because when you have all of these other things going on, which I have been very busy and your phone's blowing up with X, Y, and Z, and you have all of these tasks that you're working on during the day in your work week, and you really, really do not ever have time to let the creative juices get flowing because you're so just focused on, oh my God, I have work to do, I have this to do, I have this to do, and you don't give your your brain a time to just kind of shut off. Um, And, you know... With having a phone comes constant, constant pressures from social media, um, constant communication with people needing things from you or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And don't get me wrong, you know, guys, it's not it's not a bad thing to be someone that essentially is like a giver. You know, you're the nurturer, you're the peacemaker, you know, you're the one that, you know, really, really goes hard for other people. That's not a bad thing, but it starts to become a bad thing when you cannot um, 
put as much effort into you. So that's kind of my big thing here is, you know, whether you have a day where you you go get your nails done, or you have a day where you just go get your hair done, or you have a day where you sit there and you don't do anything and you just watch TikToks, you watch a really good movie that you like, you cook yourself dinner, you have a good cup of coffee. You know, those are things that matter. And it's this, they all seem very, very silly. Some of them may seem materialistic and some of them may just seem like they don't make much sense. But trust me when I say that they do. I love days when I don't have a lot to do, which is really rare, I feel like lately. And I just sit in my living room and the light shines through, you know, our curtains. And it's so like relaxing. I swear, I always say one day I'm going to have like a sunroom because I swear to God, like sun is like therapy for me. I don't know what it is, but it puts me in this like Zen mode. I've been that way since I was little and I'll just sit here with coffee and I'll just sit there like, and it's just nice. It's a moment where I literally, I swear I can just feel any bit of weight just kind of like melt off. It's important to take those times, you know, for that time for yourself. I understand, you know, some of you are moms and you have, you know, really, really high priorities and, you know, um, expectations from your boss at your job. You know, I understand all of that, but you are going to be way more successful in being a mother or a great um, worker or whatever it may be if you set a time for yourself to have your thoughts, you know, set aside time for yourself to have your own freaking thoughts and to feel out whatever you're feeling in the moment and um, to just to kind of hit the reset button. It's going to make you a way better worker, wife, mom, friend, sister, brother, whatever it is, it's going to make you that much better. So the last thing I want to kind of leave you with, you know, is set realistic expectations. I'm not saying, you know, put the the bar down at ground zero, okay, and don't expect anything out of yourself. But I'm saying don't also raise it to the sky as the limit. There has to be a happy medium with the type of expectations that you set for yourself. You know, I'm very, very big on short-term goals, um, long-term long term, God, long-term goals can just stress me out because they feel very far away. They feel like they are unattainable. They feel like they are unreachable. They're scary. Um, but short-term goals ultimately are leading you to your long-term goals. And the, and the short-term goals need to be tackled, you know, obviously before the long-term and not only because it seems more realistic, but because each short-term goal that is conquered is going to give you more confidence for that long-term goal that you will conquer one day. So I'm not saying don't dream and I'm not saying don't have these great expectations for yourself. I just whistled. Don't have these great expectations for yourself. I'm not saying to not have those. What I'm saying is be realistic, okay? It's not that, you know, you're not, you know, an optimistic person and you're not a dreamer and all of these things, but being realistic does have its importance. And guys and girls, listen to me on this one. We are all at very, very busy parts in our life. We have a lot of shit that we got to focus on, a lot of it. And having people in your life that slow you down, 
that add added pressure. They add unwanted drama. They're adding a lot of stress, okay? Those are people that you gotta find time to cut off. And I know it's hard, okay? I know a lot of us have been in friendships where we, you know, we keep seeing the person that we knew at one time and we're hoping that person comes back. Um, I know we've all been in, in moments like that. But when you are already very, very under the gun with your busy life, the last thing you need is someone adding pressure, gaslighting you, you know, things of that sort. So it's important to um, really, really find people that are genuinely 100% in your corner. And it may be people that you didn't even expect. I know, it's crazy. It may be people that you thought that you maybe never would get that close with. Life is full of freaking so many surprises and and if you only knew the amount of things that can change in a month, literally in a month. So you got to know your worth even in friendships just as much as you do in relationships because you can't have someone being like a dead weight there that you're just dragging along everywhere in the midst of a very, very already busy life. You need someone um, that has the ability, you know, to ask you how you are doing. You need to have a friend or a significant other um, that doesn't just talk about themselves all the time. Um, That's important. It's good to have people in your corner that ask you how you're doing sometimes. And when they do, vent to them. Let them know how you're doing. If you're doing great, tell them. If you're doing if you're doing bad, tell them, you know, once again, don't shy away that lending hand. Um, you know, as, as we get older, it's very rare to find people that are genuinely in your corner. It's very rare, you know, to find people that aren't still stuck in a mean girl phase, people that, you know, you want people that are like, when I say in your corner, I mean, genuinely where they are very, very, happy with your success. Um, it's, it's not a competition. It's not, you know, a matter of I'm not friends with this person. You shouldn't be friends with that person. Um, it's just genuine. You know what I mean? So if you have even a friend or a relationship right now where everything is a very huge double standard, going back to my last episode, um, cut them people off. Okay. Listen to my last episode. If you have anybody in your life that treats you like that and you're already struggling with work-life balance. Okay. Cut them bitches off. Snip, snip. Okay. We, we don't have time for that shit. We do not have time for that here in 2021. We just don't. And, um, you guys are amazing. And thank you so much for all of you messaging me, you know, these past weeks and saying, are you okay? Are you good? Are you overwhelmed? You know, do you hate the podcast now? (laughs) No, I don't. I love it. And um, I think the biggest thing is just, sorry guys, that was my email. I think the biggest thing is just me, um, yeah, once again, going down to writing things on a list and making this a huge priority. You know, it's crazy how sometimes the most important things get kind of lost in the shuffle along the way to shit that really doesn't even matter. So, um, you know, guys, you heard everything I had to say here. I challenge you to be more in the moment. Um, I challenge you to seriously make a list. Um, it's important. It's good for your mental health. Take it from someone who felt like they were drowning in, in things that they 
you know, that their anxiety and depression, you know, made me feel like it was all 20 times harder than it really was. And I could have just cured those feelings by doing those things. So, um, guys, have a great rest of your week. Um, I will talk to you freaking next Tuesday. I promise you, okay? I'm making a promise right here, right now, okay? Okay. And with that being said, sorry, I'm screaming. I will see you, Biatch Batuki next Tuesday.